You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. You can also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago, YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago. Mark Teresi, not with us today. And by the way, folks, we're taping this on Thursday, November 30th, but you are listening to it now on Monday, December 4th. We've begun our Advent season so Advent is a wonderful time of waiting, preparation, to prepare for Christmas morn. Tremendous program lined up here for the today. Dr. Edward Gordon, a writer, historian, researcher, economic specialist, many areas of specialty, very active parishioner at Holy Name Cathedral with his wife Elaine. We're great friends, and Dr. Edward Gordon, Welcome to the program this morning. How are you, Edward? Well, I'm fine. Thank you for all of those accolades. I don't think I deserve all that. But you thank deserve you. all of them, and you're a tremendous speaker, your research. By the way, folks, every week, Dr. Gordon provides me what I call a care package of articles across the board. It involves a cartoon, sports, birding, COVID, politics, you name it story of the week, and all the variety, you might be the most well-read person I have ever known. You just read and read. My and wife read. is even better. Elaine's even Elaine better? Elaine is ever better well-read than I am. Unbelievable. So it, we got a couple topics to talk about today. The first half, we'll be talking about COVID, mm-hmm. the latest, mm-hmm. and part two, the whole Palestinian conflict, and which is an incredible, horrific situation. Yes. So every time, Edward, you've been on the program, I've always asked you, what inning is COVID in? And I'm not sure that's a good question to ask because I think COVID now is a part of life. Yes. Is like getting the flu, but of course it's COVID. Yes. And so maybe the initial way to kick off is, is COVID here to stay and what are the latest stats that you have or the situation regarding COVID mm-hmm. in our country, in our world? Right. All right. Well, that's a good leadoff. Four billion people have been vaccinated now across the world. Four Five, billion? Four billion around the world have had vaccination. Five million have died. 1.1 million citizens of the United States have died from COVID hmm. up to this point. And new variants are still emerging. They are very, very infective, uh, infectious, I'm sorry. And uh, Omicron, like the, the flu, uh, now is a permanent way of life. It is not going to go away because it keeps mutating. Mm-hmm. Now, does each mutation become more dangerous? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. But we don't know until the mutation occurs, the impact it's going to have. When it first came out, when we first started talking about this, and you asked me, I remember the first time you, call, you called me and you said, can you do and compare this to the Spanish flu? And that's how we started out. Yes, that's right. When it first came out, 50% of all Americans got infected with it. Now, some got sick and some didn't. However, most people today have some immunity toward COVID. Omicron or, mm-hmm. or, or, or COVID, right? Now, you have to realize, though, that between October of last year, October of 22, and September of 23, 
80,000 Americans died from hmm. COVID. Think about that. 80,000 people still died. That's eight times the number that die annually from the flu. It's eight times the number, all right? Wow. So if people got vaccinated annually, which we're going to talk about now, 49, at least 49,000 Americans would not die. Hmm. Think about that. It'd be interesting that. to know those that have died the past year, mm-hmm. a total of 80,000, mm-hmm. how many had not been vaccinated, how many had at least two or three shots? Because right now there have been uh, six possible shots, the right. first two, and then yes. boosters after that. In fact, I'm getting my sixth shot tomorrow. Good. Yeah. Right now, 20 Illinois counties are at a medium level of COVID hospitalization in Illinois. Right now, mm-hmm. there's been a 17% increase in COVID hospitalizations over the last 30 days. Also, flu and RSV infections are rising in hospitals. At this point, only 7% of adults and 2% of children have gotten the current vaccine. For COVID? Yes. What you're going to get, what you're going to get in a few days, only 7% of adults and 2% of children. Now, among people... 75 and older, 20% have gotten the shot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the lowest numbers are among Native Americans, only 1%, and African Americans, a little over 7%. Edward, why such a few number getting the latest COVID shot? There are still many COVID deniers, mm-hmm. conspiracy theorists. Uh, there are still plenty of websites uh, if you watch one of the uh, previous programs I did about this and you ask me about why people are still believing this, the propaganda, the lies are still out there about how this, it, this does not exist, COVID is a conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also, are there many people who believe in COVID, that it's around, but just feel, I've already had four shots, five Correct. shots, three shots, I'm done? That's right. Well, that's the problem. And now I can tell you that all Americans six months and older need to get this update shot, particularly if you're older or you are medically compromised. So if you are a diabetic, if you have Parkinson's, if you have other significant problems, medical problems where your immune system is compromised. And let's face it, as we get older, our immune system declines. But on the other hand, younger people have died from COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, people are going to say uh, to me, they ask me this all the time, I have a friend that got all the shots, they went to the hospital and died. Or they got the shot and had a bad reaction. Okay. How many people did I say to you have gotten uh, shots thus far? Billions of people, Mm -hmm. all right? And people's immune systems respond to medicine in different ways. There's always a risk. I read an article recently, maybe you can confirm this or deny. They say, if you get the COVID shot and get a reaction, the next day maybe feeling nauseous or sick or tired, whatever, uh, or just, just you just want to stay in bed, that means the shot is working. Right. Correct. That is correct. And if it, but if you don't get any reaction, does that mean the shot did not work? No. No, not okay. necessarily at all, right. all. I've had all these shots. Any reaction? None. At Maybe all. my arm was a little sore. Last, the last one didn't, wasn't sore at all. Elaine's arm was a little sore for a while. All now, right? let me ask you this question, a word they used before, a phrase. Um, I know about the flu, getting the flu shot. What is RSV? Is that like a flu? Uh, It is an upper respiratory infection common with children. Okay. All right. Uh, And many children are getting it. Mm -hmm. Now, in China, there's an outbreak of an upper respiratory infection right now. Mm -hmm. We don't know if it's RSV. It hasn't been tagged yet. All right. The other thing, though, that's very prevalent that we need to talk about is despair. Because of COVID and people being isolated, and now the, the uncertainty, should I get the shot, shouldn't I get the shot, et cetera, suicide rates 
have increased dramatically in the United States. Last year, 22,000 Americans killed themselves. 22,000 Americans committed suicide. One sad example are the people that jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm -hmm. This has been going on ever since the bridge opened. Right now, 33 people per year on average try to jump. It's gotten so bad. But now bad, they have a net. They just put it in. They just put this wire screen net on both sides of the bridge. And some people jump into the net, and then they crawl to the edge and jump again. Wow. Now, what is causing this? Well, what is also causing the tremendous rise in drug addiction, alcohol deths? These are, these are, these are at tremendous highs right now. And it's a question of despair. Mm-hmm. And despair means you've lost a sense of hope, no light at the end of the tunnel, it's bleak, there's no way out. And well, uh, But I also want to say this to yes. our listeners. Yeah. Please know, for any, anyone listening, anyone who takes their life at the moment of death, they go to God. People say, oh, is my son or daughter or spouse going yes. to hell? Absolutely yes. not, because... I look at it this way. They are so literally beside themselves, beside oneself, that, that you know, for some people, for the first time, they have found peace yes. through death. However, I, don't, I do not recommend taking one's life. Nobody would. Well, it's, it's that's awful. one of the reasons we go to Mass at least once a week. Mm-hmm. We need hope. Yes. People need hope for the future. All right? Think about, I talk to the boomers right now because I'm a boomer. When I was a young man in college, almost everyone thought that we would die from a nuclear war. We wouldn't live to our ripe yeah, old right. age we're at today. That right. didn't, I never believed that. But a lot of people despaired over this. Mm-hmm. Every decade we've had these terrible events in my lifetime that people despaired over. The purpose of the sacraments and the church is to give you hope for eternal salvation and the grace to cope with your life here now. But I just today. want to make it so clear that because uh, I've dealt with suicide, and it's it's so horrific for those that are left behind. The guilt, what could I have done? But please know, our God is merciful, compassionate, and forgiving. We hope and pray nobody takes their life where they've been able to able to get the, the help needed. Yes. But I've dealt with situations in which no notes were left, no yes. signs right. were left. Right. And it, um, Well, drug addiction is the same, yeah. whether it's alcohol or hard drugs. This is just a long-term suicide effort because people have despaired over something in their lives. And uh, I'm not going to say to you that the church and the grace of God through the sacraments can solve all of the emotional, mental health issues that people are covering up by using drugs or alcohol. But I can tell you that if people don't reach out to each other and have a chance to talk, and that's why the suicide rate is highest among older men who have retired, and maybe many of their business colleagues are gone, their family is dying off. They have no one to talk to. Mm-hmm. It's very important that people, once when they get older, they still have a social network. Volunteer. The, your local parish needs volunteers. Look at Holy Name. You have over 700 volunteers. Mm-hmm. But hospitals, there are many causes out there where you will, again, build up a social network of people. See, a lot of times suicide involves people who become isolated yes. and not related. We're going to go to break here, Ed. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz with Dr. Edward Gordon. Stay with us after these messages. And again, do not touch that dial.
Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged 9 through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847 847- 782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. This is year 44 for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. (laughs) Right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun and they get it. I see that light bulb go off and it's a thrill. People are always amazed, what, what? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. (laughs) I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. (laughs) Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available For those who would like to be family mentors and tutors, so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Get us also on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sacklitz with our guest, Dr. Edward Gordon. Maybe just for a couple more minutes, uh, Edward, and that is uh, yes. winter's approaching, colder weather's approaching, even though we're talking the first week of December now, we've actually very above average temperatures. Yes. Where do you see COVID going the next two or three months in terms of numbers and uh, severity? Well, I think COVID will increase as people spend more time indoors and don't take, if they don't get vaccinated, and and take other precautions. So if you feel, if your people feel that they're sick, they're coughing and sneezing, uh, stay away from others, all right? If you feel like you have the flu or a sinus problem, all right? Uh, I've just had this, and I didn't. I volunteer at the hospital, as you mm-hmm. know. I just didn't go over there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give people, God knows what I had. I don't want to give it to them. 
though when I'm in the hospital now, I and with patients, I wear a mask. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and now, what about wearing masks? I mean, at the cathedral, if we have let's say 700 people at mass, yes, I would say 30 or 40 right. are wearing masks. Very, if you're if you're few. in fragile condition, mm-hmm. if you have a major medical condition that you're worried about, wear a mask when mm-hmm. you're in a big group. All right. If you're on an airplane and you're sitting in coach where you're three across and mm-hmm. you're very close, again, if you feel threatened by this, wear a mask. No one's going to ostracize you about no, that. No, no one. No, no one. Uh, it's just a natural precaution. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so for family events, if someone is sick, don't have them come to the event and tell them that it's perfectly all right they missed they want to come, but if they're sick, don't have them come. It's amazing how when things shut down in March of 2020, it'll be this March four years. Yes. Four years. Yes. And yet even four years ago right now, yes. in December of 19, yes. we were hearing rumblings about this thing called COVID yes. and it was getting stronger and stronger. But just to flip back to another topic we talked about, you know, despair suicide. What is another major cause of people taking their lives? Many people have lost their jobs because of COVID. And now because of the fourth industrial revolution, more automation, and people cannot, they've lost their jobs and they're having a hard time finding a new job. Mm Mm-hmm. But I thought jobs were out there and available. There are. There are millions of vacant jobs. Mm-hmm. But these, almost all these jobs require skill sets. Some of them for, uh, are waiters. Some of them are in department stores. Many are in health care. Some are in manufacturing. Some are in maintenance. So if you don't have the skills and you have... a hard time learning new skills, it's hard to get a job. And many companies do not offer job training. Mm -hmm. Some do, most don't, all right? And that's key. And that's key. But remember this. Many people go into a training program and they fail because their reading skills are too low. The ability to comprehend the written word the vocabulary, the meaning, and put that together so they understand what they need to do and also their ability to solve problems using this knowledge that come up at work sometimes are too limited. Now, regarding education, when COVID struck and schools were closed and you had e-learning, which happened for a long time, Yes. Where the schools were closed and kids were at home. Have there been studies regarding where children stand educationally yes. in light of COVID? Yes, it's a disaster. Got, it has to be a disaster. It's a disaster. Say more about that. All right. 1984, in Reagan administration, nation at risk. It was at that time attacked by many educators as an attack on public education. It wasn't. It was showing that we were in a new era, a new industrial revolution was forming. The computer now was leaving the computer center of the 60s and 70s, and the PCs were invading all offices, manufacturing, airlines, everything, all right? And many people didn't have the skills Mm -hmm. to use that Mm -hmm. equipment. Now, training increased. Companies increased training between 1980 and 1995. We saw a major investment by U.S. business in training. Then in the mid-90s, online learning took over, hmm. pure online learning. Okay. And classroom. In the mid-90s. Mid-90s, it started. It was cheaper. You could do it at home on your own. There's a problem. Most people do not have the self-discipline to complete the course. They need a teacher. They need other people, their colleagues to in project. a classroom. A blended class and online works. Pure E works only for highly educated, self-driven, 
Very persistent. In, in, in all honesty, that's about ten percent of the workforce. I've been like in fifth or sixth grade at the time of COVID. Yes, and was forced to be learning from home. Honest to God, Edward, I think my my intention span would have been rather limited, mm-hmm. and I'd be distracted. Right, I'd be looking around the room. Okay, let me tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. We have the national assessment of educational progress that's done across the United States by the Department of Education, all right? Testing fourth graders, eighth graders, and 12th graders. And then they are advanced, proficient, meaning at grade level, basic, which is a year or two below grade level, Mm -hmm. and below basic, four years below grade level Hmm. in reading. Wow. Before COVID, we only had about a third of the students either advanced, meaning reading above grade level, Mm -hmm or proficient, and we had two-thirds in these other areas. What's happened now is the people that were advanced and proficient has stagnated and is starting to drop. The people at basic is starting to fall, and the people below basic is expanding. Mm. All right, so we just had a major study brought out by Georgetown University, their Center on Education and Training in the Workforce. By 2031, 75% of all jobs will require post-secondary ed and reading skills at at least the 12th grade level of reading comprehension. By 2031. Right. Now, in 1970, we only needed one-third of our adult population to be at that level of reading or better. Mm -hmm. Those were the professionals and skilled trade people. Now, it's flipped. Now, two-thirds need to be at that level. But, but educationally, our people aren't there. Right. Well, how many years has gone by now since 1970? Over 50 years. Mm-hmm. In the 1990s, I started predicting, and in the early 2000s, that we had to change and update the education to employment system so that more people could do this. All right? We made some progress until about 2008. From that point on, Training has been cut and cut and cut and cut. And instead of trying to raise education standards in our schools, what we're doing is we're emasculating it. We're saying you don't need to test anymore. And we're not talking about excellence in education. We're not even talking about proficiency in education. We're talking about, well, we shouldn't discriminate against anyone. Therefore, we will get rid of all the academic tests and we will rely on grades. So we have tremendous grade inflation now. Right. We have calls to eliminate the ACT and SAT as a way to determine if someone is going to succeed in college. There's even pressure now to eliminate the NAEP, all right? Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm talking about all schools, Catholic parochial schools, Lutheran schools, Jewish schools, private academies, public schools. Across the board. Across the board, urban, rural, suburban, all right? The education system has failed. We're in the fourth industrial revolution in the 21st century. Is this the United States or are we talking worldwide? Worldwide. Right now... We predict up to 30 million vacant jobs in the U.S. by, by 2031 and 90 million worldwide. Hmm. Now, what impact is that going to have on the economy? We already see it. Go to the emergency room at the hospital. How long do you wait to get to see a doctor? Eight, 12 hours. When you line up at, at, at Walgreens or a pharmacy, how long do you have to wait to get to the counter? They don't have enough people there. When you take your car in to be repaired, you, how long do you have to wait to get your car repaired? Mm-hmm. Why are the airplane manufacturers way, way behind in manufacturing? Because all these people are retiring, the boomers are retiring, and they can't replace them with knowledge younger people. And it even not, many, it's not turning over. And many of the airline manufacturers have wonderful training programs, but they find too many young people and others flunk out of the program because they can't comprehend the material. This is a systemic crisis. We don't want to lay it all on manufacturers now or just industry now training. Our educational standards across the board need to be raised for all our children. Most are average in intelligence. There's no reason why we cannot compensate so that average kids should read at grade level throughout Mm -hmm. their 
learning. So they're ready for the workforce to be educated and trained for the workforce. So in many ways, we're going backwards. So many people now have lost their jobs, they don't have the skills, and they're very depressed. On that note, note, we're going to bring the first half to a close. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz with Dr. Edward Gordon. Be with us for part two. We can talk about the whole Palestinian crisis. Stay with us and do not touch that dial. Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the unprecedented challenges of the past two years, continue to excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors to the dedicated WIC employees who have remained open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that meals are available for those experiencing hunger, to our service coordinators and our professional counselors who continue their vital work in innovative ways, to our food pantry staff and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on Monday here, December 4th. Get us also on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz and our guest, Dr. Edward Gordon, incredibly knowledgeable in so many areas. Edward, we're going we're gonna to flip gears and talk about a very serious, very serious topic, the whole Palestinian conflict. So instead of just focusing what started on October 7th with Hamas, with the horrific attack, bring us back further. And this whole thing of Jewish-Palestinian relations, uh, paint a broad picture. Yes. Being a historian, and I have friends who are Jewish. I know people from the Middle East. I look upon this now, I, I want to give people a broader knowledge 
of the historic nature of this conflict. You know, we talk about the Middle East as the cradle of civilization. Mm -hmm. It's also been a crossroads of cultures that have conflicted with each other. Since the time of Babylonia, Egypt, and ancient Israel, the Hittites, uh, the Phoenicians, they all came from this area of the mm -hmm. Middle East, all right? I'm not talking now about Turkey. I'm talking about the area where Palestine is today and um, Lebanon, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, all right? Mm -hmm. Well, now, the kingdom of Israel is an ancient kingdom. It was there for many years. And, of course, in many, uh, for many of those years, it was uh, destroyed. Think of Moses taking the people to the Holy Land. Think of the Babylonian captivity when Babylon invaded Israel and destroyed the temple. So this has happened many times uh, to Jews, but also to different uh, Aramaic groups that lived in that, in that area. area. In 70 AD, the Jews rose against the Romans, even before that, I should say. It was 70 AD, the Romans finally captured Jerusalem and destroyed it and destroyed the temple. And that resulted then in the diaspora of Jews across the Mediterranean world. Call the diaspora. Right? Some ended up, as you know, like the apostles in Rome, all right? Uh, though some Jews still remained in that area. Then, uh, a few centuries later, rose Islam with Muhammad that then dominated uh, Turkey, uh, the Middle East, Egypt, all of North Africa, into Spain, uh, even invaded uh, France. Uh, that remained the dominant religion for that area. But there were Jews that still attempted to live in Palestine. During the First World War, the British were fighting the Germans, and they were also the Austrians, but also the Turks, the Turkish Empire, had Turkey, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia. Some of you saw the movie Lawrence of Arabia. Mm -hmm. They allied, they used Lawrence and others to start an alliance with the Arab tribes to overthrow the Turkish Empire, particularly in the Middle East. And they promised the Arabs a state for the Arabs in the Middle East, all right? At the same time, the British fought this long war, and uh, Britain was a dominant world power before World War I started. But they started to run out of money during World War I, and they wanted to borrow more money from bankers. Many of those were Jewish bankers. Mm -hmm. And they signed an agreement, the Delphor Beckler Declaration, now, who signed the agreement? The British. Okay. With whom? With the, with Jewish groups okay. in in Europe, right. particularly in England, and promised Palestine as a home for the Jews. So now you have two conflicting things: the Versailles Treaty. The Versailles Treaty sets up a protectorate in Palestine, run by the British. They had the mandate. Is this 1918? 1919, 1920. Okay. Gotcha. So now you have the British having a protectorate, meaning they are going to basically run Palestine. All right? The French also have a protectorate. They have Lebanon. They have Syria. Okay? So now you have Jews and Arabs there. The British tried to prevent too many Jews from coming back into Palestine. Mm -hmm. Now World War II comes. Six million Jews are murdered by the Nazis. Some are saved. During the war, Pope Pius XII, and we talked about this in earlier, earlier mm -hmm. shows, attempted to try to get Jewish people out of particularly Eastern Europe to Palestine. He gave them false Catholic birth certificates to get them visas through Turkey to get to Palestine, all right? These were not forced conversions. 
mm-hmm. that you hear about, you know, that we, we they were forcing Jews to convert. It was a way to try to save their lives right. and get them out and of there. And after a while, it didn't work. In fact, uh, uh, the, the Nazis got onto it, and they said, well, just because you have this baptismal doesn't mean you're not a Jew anymore, and they murdered um they put them in camps anyway, hmm. and and there were Jews who there were a few Jews who did convert to Catholicism. A famous nun in the Netherlands, and they put her, and she was in a convent for years, and they killed her. So, but anyway, my point is that was one way to save Jews. The war ended, and the Jews wanted to increase the immigration to Palestine because they limited the British limited this, and they did. They they. They basically snuck into Palestine by boat and, and elsewhere. A w- civil war started in Palestine between the Jews and the Arabs. The Jews were the— well, This t- is now like in the late 40s? Yes. The Jews were blowing up things. The Jews were, were we'll say, the terrorists because they wanted to create the state of Israel, to recreate Israel. All mm-hmm. right? This continued until the late 40s when there were a lot of Jews and they proclaimed the state of Israel. All right. The U.S. recognized Israel. 1948? Mm-hmm. The Truman administration. Now, since that time, there have been numerous wars between the Arab countries surrounding Israel, Palestine mm-hmm. and Israel. In many cases, combinations of Syrians, Egyptians, Jordanians invaded and attacked Israel. They failed to destroy Israel in each time. Also, a Palestinian authority rose because of settlements, ceasefires, treaties were signed. Uh, Clinton uh, got Arafat and the prime minister of Israel to sign an agreement. This is a long time ago now. And various groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, Fatah, these are different Palestinian groups, all with their different leaders. So you have the West Bank and Gaza established as resident areas for Palestinians. However, there are many Palestinians inside of Israel, who live in Israel now. Who are willing to live with Jewish people. Right. Now, now many of them will say, well, we're not treated as real citizens. Mm-hmm. It would be like the blacks in the United States before the civil rights laws. We're not equal. Mm-hmm. We're separate, but e- not equal. All right? But the key remains that you have these groups still having killed each other. This animosity. I killed my brother. I'm going to kill your father. Back and forth. Continuous war, basically. So now, if you're a Jew in your house in Israel, you have to have a safe room. Mm-hmm. Because, because the Israelis think they're going to be at continuous war forever. Mm-hmm. Now, within the last 10 years, what's emerged? Even longer. Iran wants to dominate the Middle East. They fought a big war with Iraq. This is before Saddam Hussein was the head of Iraq at that right. time. They fought a big war. Iran has the biggest population. They're a much bigger country than all the rest of the Middle East. All right? That started. The other Arab states are afraid of Iran. They don't want Iran to dominate the Middle East, mm-hmm. particularly Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states, and even Egypt now. So over the last 10 years, many of them have begun to recognize Israel as a state, mainly to ally with them against Iran, because they don't want to be dominated by Iran. I mean, on that note, we're going to take a break here. I mean, it, uh, yes. you are truly, Edward, like a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. Your knowledge is phenomenal. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackwitz along with Dr. Edward Gordon. We'll come back for the last quarter of our program. Stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial.
Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful, life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750M. Also get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Uh, Edward, for the last part of the program, it's been quoted as the Gaza Strip is the world's largest outdoor prison. Say more about that. I think that's true. Uh, it, it's the efforts of the Israelis to contain uh, the Palestinians within these encampments in the West Bank and in Gaza. But now right. the Palestinians who choose to leave the Gaza Strip and live in the state of Israel could if they were willing to live among the Jewish people, but they'd prefer to stay within the confines of the Gaza Strip. Uh, I can't answer that accurately. I think right now, no. Uh, many I of mean, them before, were working before, in before Is- last month. They were working. They had jobs in Israel. Mm-hmm. All right, so they went back and forth. All right, mm-hmm. um, but that ended with the resumption of this war. Remember, as as far as I'm oversimplifying. Look, this is a very complex issue. Right. I've been oversimplifying in order to give people a bigger picture that this has been going on for a long, long time. This is a continuous state of war. It would be as if the U.S. Civil War never ended. I may use that analogy, all right? And for some people in the South, uh, for a long time, that was true. That the Civil War had not ended. The Civil War had not ended. Now, that has gradually faded away finally. Uh, But for many, the issue of civil rights for African-Americans was something that they could not accept, all right? That has gradually changed. There are still, look, Jews, Catholics, blacks in the United States have been persecuted in the history of this country and immigrants on and off for the whole history of this country, all right? So uh, we're not perfect. He who is without sin should cast the first stone, all right? My point, though, in this case right now, 
Iran is helping to supply Hamas, Hezbollah, and Fatah with with the means to buy arms or giving them arms. Now, why? Because they want to help to destabilize the Middle East and dominate the Middle East. Iran wants to dominate the Middle East. Okay, now, why are Palestinians not welcomed in Egypt, Iraq, Iran, other places? Uh, Well, uh, for a while, some of them were in Jordan, all right? Mm -hmm. And there's still Palestinians in Jordan. But again, the Arab world is divided up among different tribal groups, Mm -hmm. all right, that don't like each other and have different interpretations of the Quran. Think of Catholicism, Methodists, Lutherans, Baptists. We've all gotten along together peacefully throughout history. No, we haven't. We fought wars and and killed each other over differences in our theology for a long, Mm -hmm. long time, all right? So again, don't think that we have all, the Christians are wonderful, and the Arabs are just terrible, dastardly people. No, but the fact remains that these issues feed into this whole crisis, and feeds into the ability to keep this these wars going. Okay, then on that note, what happened on October seventh when Hamas had the surprise attack mm-hmm. among Israeli people? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I know what happened. It was horrific. But you really understand my question is, like, what happened and why? The conditions in Gaza that are controlled by Israel had reached a point of tremendous unemployment. Most of the young men in Gaza had no work. They had no hope. They had no future. And the Iranians promised them the means to take vengeance on the Jews, on Israel, because they had an uncle or a brother or a grandfather who had fought the Jews, who had fought Israel, and died. And they wanted vengeance. And they had no other alternatives. And they see this as a way, again, their, their issue is very clear. They think Israel needs to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Totally destroyed. Now, this is, that, this is that extremist group called Hamas. Well, there's Hamas, Hezbollah, and Fatah. There are various groups, and they all have their own leaders, mm-hmm. and they all have different ideas of this two-state solution. But some of them don't want a two-state solution. They want to destroy Israel. Now, remember this. There are many Israelis that don't want a two-state solution. They want to destroy or have Wipe all out. of the Palestinians removed. And yet there are many, many Palestinians who are good people. And there are many Jews who are good people. Because the thing is... They're the, not all terrorists. The, the, the right. Hamas, is, so my the Hamas would be, you, and it would be an right. extremist group. The, the, the path we are on right now is just a continuous replay of the 20th century. How many more people are going to die? Right now there's a truce. They're exchanging hostages. That's great. Yes. I'm happy that's happening. But there is no recognition on either side that peace is possible. So, I have a solution. What is the solution, The solution is a neutral source needs to start secret negotiations that will gradually help these groups, the Palestinians and the Jews, to moderate and admit that the other side has a right to exist. Who is that? Well, I'd like the Pope to do it. Now, the Pope is not in the best of health right now. I recognize that. But the Vatican is a neutral state. Catholics, Jews, blacks have been persecuted for centuries worldwide. I think that our church that the Vatican should work with Hamas, Hezbollah, Fatah, Israel, and to whatever extent we can, Iran, to come up with an integrated one-state solution where Jew, Arab, Palestinian can live together in peace. In the end, they all want the same thing for their people. 
They want peace and prosperity, good health, education. They need to recognize they all worship the same God in different ways, but they all do worship a God and respect each other. And now until this happens, the killings will continue, the hatred will continue. It's, it's almost like, I hate, to, I hate to say this, these people in that area are born, almost like in their DNA, to hate the other. This is a perpetual war. Again, it's a civil war in a way mm-hmm. between two religious groups who live in the Middle East. Who has more rights, the Jews or the Arabs or the Palestinians? I don't see one over the other. They all have historic rights to that land. That's not the issue. The issue is, can they respect each other and live in peace? But now the conditions within Gaza are horrendous. And on the West Bank. You know, the West Bank, the Israelis are continuing to violate the agreements they signed and put more settlements of Jews on the West Bank. So... Uh, so the Israeli, the Palestinian Authority there sees that they're trying to gradually force all the Palestinians out. Of the West Bank? Right. And force them out where? Uh, good question. I don't. Just get rid of them. But now, I, I have no idea. But now within Gaza, with the, the Gaza area being bombed by the Israelis and they're forcing the Palestinians to go south. Into Egypt. Into Egypt. But now Egypt doesn't want them. Right. So wh- where do they go? And also, there's no food, there's no water, there's no fuel, and it's uh, talking about disease. Um, it's, it has become a death camp. Well, in some ways, this is analogous to the problem we have now with all of the immigrants trying to come into the U.S. who are fleeing from South America and other totalitarian states, crime, gangs, etc., and how are we handling it here in Chicago? We're going to put tents up in parks. Well, you want to live in a tent in January in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. Think about this, all right? Now, how do you control the border in the United States? Which is, is a whole separate now, topic. Rem- but remember, we have been very successful as a country of taking in waves of immigrants over our history mm-hmm. and then becoming Americans and altering American culture. Can the same thing be done in the Middle East? Today, Henry Kissinger died. He was 100 years old. He sought solutions in the Middle East. He failed. I think the best way to do this is for the Vatican to work with these groups and come up with a way in which gradually they can learn to not kill each other, but to to live with each each other. other. On that note, we need to bring the program to a close. We want to thank in a very special way Dr. Edward Gordon, researcher, historian, theologian in some ways, a very active parishioner at the cathedral, uh, author, writer, uh, tremendous, articulate individual. To you, Edward, thank you for being on the program. Our love to your wife, Elaine, for all that she does for the cathedral. And thanks too. for letting me speak. Oh, absolutely. And also, special thanks to our producer and engineer who did a solo today. Excellent work of Clint Cottrell. <laughs> Clint says, hi, Mom and Dad. And uh, to our listeners, may God bless all of you. A blessed, blessed Advent journey leading to Christmas morn. every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.